Father, we thank you tonight because the entrance of your word gives light and understanding to the simple. Lord, as we study your word tonight, the Bible says, where two or more gathered in your name, there you are in their midst. Father, I thank you because you are here already. Thank you, Father, for the life that we get from understanding your word. As we're going to go through your word tonight, Father, speak to us. Bless us by your spirit. Speak, open our eyes to things we have not seen before. Lord, we glorify your name. And in the end, oh God, let your name alone be glorified. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Uh, the Lord will continue to bless you in the name of Jesus. Today, we want to study Aaron versus in a great house. I'll be reading from the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 2. This is the counsel of Paul to Timothy and it was trying to explain certain things to him. Today we want to do a character study but we want to see um, in 2 Timothy chapter 2 Paul was writing about a good soldier of Christ. A good soldier of Christ. And in verse 20 to 21 I will bring up what he was referring to as a walker that is approved by God. Verse 20, it says, In a great house there are not only vessels or containers of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honorable use, some for dishonorable use. Verse 21, Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. Ready for every good work. I'll read that last uh, two verses again. Second Timothy chapter 2. Second Timothy chapter 2 from verse 20 again to 21. Now in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honorable use, some for dishonorable use. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, separated for holy use, prepared for master's use, and ready for every good work. Pray the Lord will bless the reading of his word in the name of Jesus. Today, what we want to look at is a vessel in a great house. And to study a great vessel, we want to look at the life of a man called Aaron in the Bible. I'll read the introduction. God uses any vessel to accomplish his purpose. Vessel in this case is referring to a person that can be involved in a process that God is trying to accomplish something with. Examples are abound in the Bible. Those vessels, in other words, any person that God 
will be using for a particular thing must understand that whatever talent he has, whatever gift he has, wherever he finds himself, those things are all arranged by God. And in some cases, those situations or those gifts may not even be favorable. Location may not be favorable. Talent may bring trouble. So today we want to take a look at the life of Aaron, his ministry, the conditions under which he ministered, his responses to situations that he found himself. And my prayer to God is as we study this, we can find principles so that we can apply our hearts to wisdom in the name of Jesus. The reason why we study characters is not so that we can know stories in the Bible. A lot of people have been taught a lot of stories in the Bible. Story of Adam and Eve in the garden. Story of you know, Moses taking children of so many stories. But from those stories, what are the principles? Quickly, we want to look at the life of Aaron. I'm sure you, you might have known Aaron. But today, I'm going to point out some things that will make you to think twice and begin to examine his life differently. And begin to compare your life and see, is God using me as a vessel? Exodus chapter 6 verse 20. And please take a note, please. You may have many questions. I may not be able to answer them. But I pray that the Holy Spirit will help us through scriptures to understand. Exodus chapter 6 verse 20. Exodus chapter 6 verse 20. It says, a man named Amram. Everybody, you know, if we don't look at those characters that God used mightily, we are never going to understand our lives because we think, how can Amram go marry the father's sister? Can someone help me with that? What's going on? Do we understand the relationship here? That his father has a sister. And then Amram went to marry the father's sister. What is going on here? That's where we want to start. It is completely unreasonable. In fact, in a way, you can say this is incest. It is a relationship that should not exist. And any child that comes out of that should no longer be considered a fit for God's use by any means. If we don't understand some of the verses that God, our conditions, our situations will make us believe that God uses only perfect people or perfect relationships or perfect lifestyle or perfect behavior or perfect gifts until I am this or I am that. No one really brings this up many times. We just say, oh, Aaron started, no. You see, if we don't study scriptures, we're going to think that when we see great men, of all the characters in the Bible, someone that God will speak face to face with came from <laughs> you know, um, it's only when Holy Spirit helps us to understand scriptures that we can appro approach the word of God with a clear understanding so that when we pray, we pray with understanding. All kinds of things are in the Bible. The Bible says every scripture is given by inspiration of God. The thing is, many times when people talk about the Bible, they have no idea of the Bible. The Bible is filled with every possible 
mind-twisting event that you can ever see or think about. Just for us to know how God operates. This is not a scientific journal that tells us, oh, this was how the world was created. Of course, it gave us a sketch through the eyes of Moses as he documented it. But if we really want to understand what God is doing, it is impossible to figure it out. Knowing and understanding God is not perfectly understanding God. It is perfectly trusting God through what he does. Question that this, you see, just starting this with this already puts question mark in front of your mind. Many of us, we want to be perfect. We want to look all great and, and fantastic before we can do things for God. God is not looking for perfect people. In fact, God is not looking for the best people that have all the best whatever. We are always trying to correct all the errors we have. Do you know God will try to make sure that you have no way to correct these things? Tell me how Moses would have corrected this and say, oh, you know what? I came from a perfect family. This started by Amram getting married. And they were both Levites. But we'll begin to see. I just want us to begin to think about it. When God wants to use a person, he gives them no excuse. God allowed Paul to kill so many people, arrest so many people, including men, children, women, punish them, drag them, push all kind of things. When he was not satisfied with Jerusalem, he started going to Syria and in Damascus on his way. First, said, okay, stop. Now, let's use you. How can you go first with the first with the resume where they say he has killed so many and then you want to preach life to people? That way you could not control or correct it. Yeah. In fact, scripture says God spoke to him because I have a good purpose for him because he will speak to the Gentiles for me. Aaron, vessels in a great house. So we begin to see that the father of Aaron, so we know relationship between Moses and Aaron now. It's very clear. Exodus chapter 6 verse 20 says, and Amram married Jochebed, and then they had two kids, at least for now, Moses and Aaron. Aaron being the older one. That's verse 20. So in the outline, you see that I put it there that he was born. So Aaron was born in Egypt as a slave, just like Moses. And if you read Exodus chapter 2, then you will see a clear picture of the story that was being written there. You may not understand Exodus chapter 1 and 2 clearly except you've read chapter 6 and come back. Because in chapter 1 and 2, it was describing that there was a man, a Levite, that married another. Okay, let's quickly read that. That was why I put that in the text. Chapter 2 verse 1. Exodus chapter 2 verse 1. I'll quickly read from here. Now a man from the house of Levi went and took as his wife, a Levite woman. The woman conceived, bore his son, saw that the child was fine, hid him three months. When she could hide him no longer, she took for him a basket made of bulrushes, bitumen pitch, placed the child in the reed and put in the river. The sister stood at a distance to know what would be done to him. Now, daughter of Pharaoh, now are you seeing some problems here in this story? What's the name of the sister? Bible said here that Amram had two, two kids, Moses and Aaron. So, was the sister older than Aaron and Moses? 
Apparently, yes, from here. So here we're beginning to see a family of three. What's the name of the sister? Miriam. And if you read in verse 4, that's when it brought the name up. So we have a man, Amram, married Jochebed the aunt. Okay, complicated. Having three children, all born as slaves in Egypt. Okay. After a while, things started changing for Aaron. Exodus 6.23. Aaron married Elisheba. The story just went that, oh, okay, Aaron grew up and he married Elisheba. And then they have sons. Many people seem to not have a purpose in life. They don't seem to have anything fantastic about their lives. From day they were born to their 10 and 15 and 20 and 25. Nothing significant, nothing unique. They're just like every other person. And so they conclude that, you know what? I'm just an ordinary person. Exodus 4, 14. God called Moses, the brother, that already ran away from Egypt. Remember, Moses did not grow up with Aaron in the same house. Of course, until couple of months that you know and then Moses was taken by the daughter of Pharaoh grew up there after 40 years ran away when God was telling him now 40 years again with Jethro God was telling him I want you to go back where your brother has been and go deliver and he was arguing with God then God got angry with Moses and now verse 14 as uh, is what happened us to read there See, what God said here, very interesting. The anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses and said, Is there not Aaron, your brother, the Levite? I know that he can speak well. Behold, he's coming out to meet you. And when he sees you, he'll be glad in his heart. Usually, if we don't connect these two stories, every time we hear that God called Moses and Moses was complaining and then God said, Aaron will meet you. We thought that they were like different people from different backgrounds. No. The same family, the same father, the same mother. So when God was telling Moses, look, go for me, he was complaining. God said, okay, no, look, no excuses now. Go and meet your brother. He will help you out. And the Lord said to Aaron, go into the wilderness to meet Moses as well. So this is a confirmation from both sides. God told Moses, don't worry, Aaron will help you. Now God spoke to Aaron, go to the wilderness to meet Moses. So he went to meet him at the mountain of God and kissed him. The reason why he kissed him is because they're brothers. It's been a long time they've separated. Because Moses had gone out to Midian to go marry and have his own children. Aaron already had children with Elisheba. And now after 40 years of reunion, was like, oh, you're in here. Things like that. And that is now plan of God. I want us to begin to look what is so unique about this vessel so that we can think about our lives. So quickly let me ask you, so what was the role or the assignment of Aaron there? God specifically said, go meet Moses in the wilderness because I want you to do something. If I read Exodus 6 30 again, Exodus 7 verse 1. God said to Moses, see I have made you like God to Pharaoh and your brother. Aaron shall be your prophet. What is the role that God is making Aaron 
to play in the assignment that God is planning in front of you. Here it is very clear. You, Aaron, will be the spokesman. Your brother Moses will tell you something and you will say, but please notice, Aaron is the older one. Moses is the younger one. Okay? Exodus 7, 9 to 10. When Pharaoh says to you, prove yourselves by a miracle, and then you shall say to Aaron, take your staff, cast it down before Pharaoh, that he may become serpent. In fact, one of the few facts in the Bible that most people talk about is you will see that Aaron did all the miracles in Egypt. But it was taken instruction from Moses, the younger brother. I want us to begin to think about it. If God wants to use you and your brother, you and your sister, you and your cousin, you and your family, it looks very awkward because using two family members, you'll be thinking. But God made a very clear job function. You are only going to be speaking. You will listen to your brother. Why will God be giving? I mean, the elder brother will be taking instruction from the younger brother. Why? The reason why I'm bringing some of these few things that may not look very significant is if we confuse our ministry, our call. Let me put it differently. When God gives you a gift, an anointing, when God puts something inside of you and is associating you with another person for a particular place at a particular time, God will absolutely use you at that moment. So if you now begin to look at the things that is happening and say, oh, now that I'm in the church, that I'm preaching, that's why people are coming and things and that, I say, you know what, it's time for me to start my ministry. If you say, oh, it's because I'm doing this, you know, as long as you are attached to the person and you're doing what you should do, everything will work perfectly. But do you know the anointing and the grace and the miracles that will happen in the hand of Aaron must come from the instruction of Moses. And Moses himself cannot boast that he did any miracle. Because all he had to do is, God said, throw that thing down. God said, we should go now. God said, you should do this. You know, if you were Moses, you should be tired and go back to God and say, excuse me, why can't I just do something? Am I a figurehead? If we don't understand a vessel that God uses, we are going to be completely confused. We've seen many people starting their own church because maybe they were great choir ministers and they think my ministry is singing, therefore a miracle will happen when I sing. No. If God has attached you as a great singer to a very some pastor or minister that cannot speak very well. That is where your ministry is until God says, over. If God has made you to be the person that knows how to arrange things, you can plan things effectively. Meanwhile, you have a bunch of other people around you that they cannot. But you know, as you're doing it, the ministry is growing and people have been blessed. Just stay and do what God has asked you to do. If God has attached you to a group of people and you know what, no matter how well they do things, to you it's nothing. You get there one time, you arrange it and it's working. Don't say, oh, these people don't appreciate me. They don't understand what I'm doing. Because if Aaron got too smart, and we're going to quickly see in the little time we have, 
the miracle that will happen in the hand of Aaron must come by staying put with Moses, the younger ones. In fact, Aaron could have just said, hey, sit down there, my brother. What, was I not the older one in the house? We must understand that our gift and our calling are tied to God's specific accomplishments. They are tied. In fact, the day you relocate yourself unduly, or the day you move yourself or disconnect yourself unduly, you know, Elisha could have gone ahead and listened to the instruction of the servants or the, or the sons of prophets. They say, don't you know your master is doing? He say, I understand. I must stay connected until the approved time. Joshua did not leave until the approved time. He has to be constant. I mean, Joshua spent 40 years doing internship. Who wants to do that? 